Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome. Here we go. Had to kill the uh, computer. There. Did I do something wrong? No. Your mic. You want to bring it closer? The microphone. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Good morning. Thursday morning. And welcome to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We're here every day from 10 until noon, Monday through Friday. You can join us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. Many of you are in the house already. Or at um, Facebook, I think it is, slash Chatterbox Sports. We invite you to subscribe, hit the notification switch, let you know when our clips come out. On social media, we can be found, and there's lots on there, thanks to Casey and Paul from yesterday, including our discussion about um, Lee Erickson. We'll get to that in a minute. But we can be found on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Tom Brenneman TV. That's Tom Brenneman TV is in television. Many of you are subscribing in our podcast form. And just go to Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, it will be there. All right, here we go. Game two of the National League Championship Series, afternoon game yesterday, started one way, and then I mean turned on a dime like that. Philly gets out 4-0 with four runs in the second inning. Padres come back with two in the bottom of the second, and then... The Padres jumped all over Aaron Nola and the Philadelphia bullpen. Five runs in the fifth in route to a series-tying 8-5 win. Game three, going to be rocking in Philadelphia. That's set for tomorrow night. Meanwhile, game one of the American League Championship Series kicked off last night in Houston. Justin Verlander delivered the goods. Six innings of one-run baseball and a 4-2 Astros win. You may remember Verlander was awful in his only start during the division series, but last night proves no doubt he's a Hall of Famer. Big game, big time pitcher. Houston up 1-0, game two later tonight. Talk about a gamer. Did you see this note about Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Indians? I couldn't believe it. The dude plays the entire second half of the season, going back to June, with torn ligaments in his thumb. Now, maybe the medical staff knew about it. I'm sure they did. But he doesn't let the media know about it. Nobody knows about it. And all he does is hit 280, nearly 30 bombs, almost 130 knocked in. He'll have surgery on that thumb later this week. And boy, did you see the quotes made by Seattle Mariners beat writer Ryan Divish about former Red Jesse Winker yesterday. In a nutshell, he said Winker's work ethic is awful. His preparation is awful. And the quote was in the Mariners clubhouse, he is a tired act. Now, he had an injury to his neck. He had an injury to his knee. And Jerry DePoto, their general manager, tried to spin this whole thing. But most beat writers have a really good feel of what's going on in that clubhouse. And they're not company men. Those were the quotes from Ryan Divish. Football news. We know the Bengals and Falcons get together Sunday right here in Cincinnati, Paycor Stadium. One o'clock kick. 
Both teams are tied atop their respective divisions, coming in at 3-3. Three and three. Seems like the whole league's 3-3. Three and three. Jamar Chase was limited in practice yesterday with a hip injury. He's expected to play. Logan Wilson is a maybe with that shoulder injury. Many originally thought that he might miss anywhere from two to five weeks. There was talk about putting him on the IR. We shall see come Sunday. James Rapine from Sports Illustrated will join us here in a few minutes. He covers the Bengals each and every day. On the Falcons front, they had four defensive starters who were limited in practice yesterday. Now, limited does not mean out, at least not yet. FC Cincinnati takes on the Philadelphia Union tonight at 8 o'clock in Philadelphia. That's the Eastern Conference semis. FCC has a win and a draw against Philadelphia so far this season and is the only Eastern Conference team Philadelphia has not beaten. The match begins at 8 o'clock. You can watch that on Fox Sports 1. And one of the all-time great players in the history of football passed away yesterday in Athens, Georgia, Charlie Trippi. Here's a little trivia for you about that man, okay? He is the only player in the Pro Football Hall of Fame with over 1,000 yards rushing, over 1,000 yards passing, over 1,000 yards receiving. He was also the kicker and the punter. He was 100 years young. Rest in peace, Charlie Trippi. All right, we got James Rapine coming up in about uh, seven minutes. We always say good morning to the two men who make it all happen, Casey McAllister and uh, Paul Fritchner. How are you guys doing today? Um, I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic this time. Uh, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm feeling good about the Bengals. A um, lot of good injury-related news, except for the Jamar Chase thing. I thought that was kind of weird. But I don't think that's anything major or anything to worry about. Um, I'm really excited about FCC tonight. Really excited to watch that. Um, I know that's going to be a big game at my house. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. How about you, Paul? I'm doing fantastic. Doing great. Good to see you guys. I was reminded, and, and you know what, my bad. I can't get used to it. I was reminded by uh, Riley that it's the Cleveland Guardians. I can't get used to it. Oh, did you say the Indians? I, I must have I, said the Indians. I didn't even notice it either. Okay. Um, what was your teacher's name you were talking about a little while ago who was the one that taught you about Leif Erickson? Oh, third you... grade. Mrs. Smith, third grade. Had to write a report on Leif Erickson and Eric the Red. History class, Tom. Social studies. Yeah, believe me. I, th that was my favorite topic. Uh, you can tell. Um, and, and then, of course, you have to show off my ignorance by putting that on Twitter, our conversation oh, yesterday, which led oh, into the Wiggles and SpongeBob. Uh, that was actually probably our executive producer that did that. We, Trace? Yeah, it was probably Trace. The boss? Yeah, the boss man. He put that up yesterday. Well, I, I'm not going to argue with the boss. If the boss does something, it is what it is, right? Um, Casey, we have uh, certainly, it's been well documented. You're starting to learn baseball a little bit. Did you watch any of the baseball postseason yesterday and or last night, yay or nay? Uh, yeah, I actually watched a bit of the, the Padres game last night, um, but only like I didn't even finish a whole inning, honestly. It was just because it was on and then 
Uh, I am not the man of my house household. I currently live with my in-laws, so they wanted to switch the channel. To uh, what? Uh, I think we're, we've been watching something on Netflix called The Watcher. The Watcher. Yeah. Really? I, I, yeah. I love watching shows. Tell us about The Watcher a little bit before uh, we get to James Rapine. What's that all about? The Watcher is a crazy story about um, – it, it's kind of a suspense story. Um, this family moves into this neighborhood – um, a very nice, beautiful home. They start doing things to change it. Um, it's like a Victorian style home and they start to modernize it. Right. And they start getting these suspicious letters telling them that they're being watched, that mm. you better watch out for yourselves and just really threatening letters and, um, stuff around the house starts happening like their pets dying and Ooh. like just lots of creepy stuff um the thing is it's based off a true story the letters um were were real someone in that area wherever the story takes place actually received letters from people and mysterious things happened to them that were unexplained um so that's what the story is based off of it's very very creepy um but also very suspenseful, keeps you on your toes. And unlike other stories, it kind of has a resolution, but also doesn't at the same time. I don't want to give it all away for okay. people that are wanting to maybe watch it. Okay. But. All right. Okay. Paul, are you a, uh, a, a Prime slash Netflix slash Hulu, whatever's out there? Uh, I have I have Netflix. I don't watch a ton of Netflix, if I'm being completely honest There's with you. There's some great shows, man. I, I watch a little bit. I dabble around. I'm... I love the Game of Thrones. I love Yellowstone. You you a Yellowstone guy? I am definitely a Yellowstone. We're guy. like three weeks away, three four weeks away from the new season, right? November thirteenth. New, new th November thirteenth. You know, it's funny. I, I did this uh, Pioneer League show during the entire season with Bill Bavese, former general manager, and this very well known comedian named Joe List, and we did this show all summer long about the Pioneer League, and um, I went out to Montana for a week, and while I was out there, naturally you get out there and you start talking to people about. Yellowstone, because that's where the story is based, out of the state of Montana. And they were talking about how what that show does is they go and film in different areas around the entire state so that these little towns or a little bit bigger towns uh, can, can generate a lot of revenue from that entire crew being there for weeks at a time. So they'll come into Billings or... Um, uh, what was my favorite town? Missoula, uh, whatever it might be. And, and they have like 50 people that stay in the local hotels. Obviously, they're eating and they're drinking and all those kinds of things while they're there to shoot. And uh, they spread it around. It was a very nice story. Yeah. Said Kevin Costner. I, I've had a chance to meet Kevin Costner. Um, said he's just awesome with all the people. And, uh, and the women go crazy over that dude. Have you been watching it? Oh, I've seen every episode. Okay. It's one of so my favorite shows ever. They go crazy over the dude. Who's the dude that's the, uh, the, the heads up the ranch? Rip Wheeler. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's the guy. Yeah. All the women go crazy over him. I applied to be the voice of the Paddleheads a few years ago, Tom. Didn't, never heard back. Missoula? Well, if you are ever interested again, I've gotten to know the owner very well there. Very, very well. You need any help at all. If you're ever interested in applying for a job in the Pioneer League, okay. you let me know. All I've right. I've met all the owners. A very diverse group of people, interesting guys. Uh, one of the franchises, in fact, out there just outside of Denver, 
Um, Ryan Spilbors, former player, now a broadcaster with the Rockies. Carlos Gonzalez, great player in the big leagues for a long time. And I'm drawing a blank on the third one, uh, third former Rockies player. They're all involved in, in the ownership of the team. Is that the, the Rocky Mountain vibes? Yes, that's that, it. that team? Yep, okay. brand new. Yep. All right. Is, uh, you want to take a break before yeah. we get in, James? All right, we're going to be talking the Bengals, everything Bengals, with our main man, James Rapine. We have a lot of main men around here, but when it comes to the Bengals, James Rapine is the man. We're back on Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers, right after this. At United Dairy Farmers, we've perfected freshness in our family bakery, where we use only the finest ingredients, like thick, high-quality glazes on our signature donuts, before delivering them fresh from bakery to store every day. UDF, made for you. If your AC or furnace is struggling, turn to the experts at Bartels Heating and Cooling. Their certified technicians get the job done right the first time, and if you need a new unit, Bartels will give you upfront pricing with no hidden fees. Plus, Ask about Bartell's 0% interest financing for 60 months. Learn more at BartellsHeatingAndCooling.com. Bartell's Heating and Cooling, for a comfortable way of life. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, proudly sponsoring high school football with three locations in Mason, Liberty Township, and Ross, Ohio. Our 10-foot screens guarantee a great view from every seat in the house. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, the best place in Cincinnati for sports, food, and fun. turn when you're in pain. Turn where more high school, college, and pro athletes turn. Where your neighbors and weekend warriors turn. Turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and get superior care on your schedule. That's the Beacon difference. Check out our fresh arrivals at Jake Sweeney Used Cars. Over 250 used vehicles weekly. All makes, all models. From economy to luxury, Jake Sweeney, the original used car superstore. The Bengals Report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins right here. And who better to talk when it comes to Cincinnati Bengals football, then James Rapine. James, are you at home? You heading to practice? What are you up to? Little of both? Yeah, at home right now. Got my, my morning Joe Burrow-esque workout in this morning, and then, uh, yeah, we'll be off to practice. What is a Joe Burrow-esque workout? No, I was just kidding. Because I, I need it. I mean, I, I'm getting fatter by the day, <laughs> and, and I work out every day, and i got to mix up something because uh, that waistline it, it, is – not good. It's tough in season with, with all the traveling. And, and so last year after the Super Bowl run, I stepped on the scale and it wasn't good. So, yeah, yeah, trying to be more consistent this year. All right. Before we go any further, where can everybody find you and everything you have going on uh, about the Cincinnati Bengals? Allbengals.com is really a one-stop shop, uh, whether you're looking for video or uh, articles or anything in between. And then Cincinnati Bengals talk right here on YouTube and the Locked on Bengals podcast, which is also on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, uh, Paul Fritchner has something to ask you before we get going here. Paul? Hey, James, I got a quick question for you. I'm having Russ Heltman on my show, on my gambling show later today. Is there anything I need to know to uh, ask him at 2 o'clock? To ask him? No, he, he's going to be ready to go. You want to talk Bearcats with him? He'll be ready, certainly Bengals as well. Russ is, uh, Russ is a good dude, and he'll be prepared. He'll be a good, good. good one to have on. Who is Love Russ? It. Uh, he works with James on everything with oh, the okay. all Bearcats okay. and all, all Bengals right. and everything. Make sure we, we, we let our audience know in case they want to find out what's happening. <laughs> James, we were just talking a second ago. Um, Jamar Chase, uh, a hip injury of some kind. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I would imagine it looks like he will play on Sunday. How serious is the injury? We'll find out more today. And, and it's one of those things, when did the injury occur? Is it something that, you know, he's just sore from Sunday. Did he get nicked up in practice? Because during the open part of Wednesday's practice, he looked fine. Uh, so we'll certainly know more today. That's one of those unique ones where did it happen mid-practice? Did it happen on Sunday? If it happened on Sunday, I would agree with you. I think he would be on track to play. If it happened in practice, it's more of a, a question mark and the severity and all of those things. So uh, that'll be something I'm certainly monitoring and will be monitoring when we walk out to practice later today. I think it's fair to say that the Atlanta Falcons are a bit of a surprise. Uh, Matt Ryan leaves mm -hmm. after so many great years there. He's now in Indianapolis. Uh, Marcus Mariota. Uh, a lot of people thought that maybe by this point in the season, he would not be the starter, that Desmond Ritter perhaps would have taken over from a former UC Bearcat great. But last week, Mariota throws the ball um, – 14 times, he hits 13 out of 14, but they run the ball like crazy. Now, the mm -hmm. Bengals' defense has been great. Uh, haven't allowed a second-half touchdown in the last six weeks. First time that's happened in 20-plus years in the NFL. But they have been a little bit susceptible to the run. Is that concern number one for the, uh, for the Bengals' defense going into this game? No doubt about it. it could, because it's the perfect storm. You're going up... Uh, against some run-heavy teams starting this week with Atlanta, and you don't have DJ Reader. And you, you probably won't have Logan Wilson, even though he hasn't been ruled out for this week. It just feels great, really optimistic to expect him back. Who knows? Jonah Williams came back much quicker than I thought. I thought he was going to miss time, and he played last week. So we'll see. But not having DJ Reader in this matchup, and then you also lose Josh Tupo uh, for this matchup, and suddenly that interior of your defensive line is susceptible, and you don't have a true nose tackle uh, on the 53-man roster. I assume it's going to be Tyler Shelvin since they didn't sign anyone. I thought maybe they would look that to look to go that route, and maybe they just don't think there's anyone out there that can help them instantly. Um, you're not going to have DJ Reader back this week, regardless of how he's feeling, even though I do think he's moving in the right direction. So, yeah, finding ways to slow down this Falcons rushing attack, that is goal number one and two for this Bengals defense outside of – you know, forcing turnovers, of course. Um, when, when you mentioned some of the guys who are going to step in there and play, for the fans mm -hmm. at home watching, familiarize us with, with a couple of names that maybe we haven't talked about, heard a lot about, that are trying to replace those guys on the interior of the defensive line. Yeah, so the, the interior of the defensive line could be pretty unique. So we know about B.J. Hill. He signed – the big contract this past yep. offseason. He'll be one of the starters on that interior. And then after that, I mean, it, it could be a mixed bag. I mean, you could see them go with a Tyler Shelvin, uh, or you could see the 
uh, a platoon of Joseph Osai. Maybe they promote Khalid Kareem, defensive end from the practice squad, and go that route where you're you're putting in some hybrid guys that play in usually, but can also play on the inside. Cam Sample is another name to watch there. So uh, there, there are a bunch of guys that could play that spot, uh, at least some. Zach Carter, third-round rookie as well. Uh, so you have bodies, but none of those guys are a nose tackle. None of those guys are eating up the space that you expect, you know, a reader or even a Josh Tupo to, to eat up. And so that's why I mentioned Tyler Shelvin on the practice squad. He's a, a second-year player, was a fourth-round pick. Ha has been a disappointment up to this point. There's no denying that. But sometimes you need space eaters, and, and he certainly takes up a lot of space, and, and this would be an opportunity for him to show the Bengals and the rest of the NFL that he's not a lost cause, that he is developing, and that he can make plays. So we'll see if they go that route. That, that's what I think they're going to do, but we won't truly find out until they make a move on Saturday. Is the Atlanta run game, uh, you, you've got a guy in, in Mariota who, you know, when he was in college, he was extremely mobile. He's taken his more than his fair share of hits through the years. Is this a, a, a run game that is more the power run game coming at you right between the tackles, or are they doing a lot of RPO stuff and stretching the field? It, it's unique because I, I think that, you, you know, you, you look at their offense and it's got little pieces of the, the Tennessee playbook when Marcus was there with Arthur Smith. It, it's got little pieces of other places across the league. And so they do both. And that's what makes it tough is they're comfortable running from behind. You know, you might hear a lot about game script this week, but I was talking with Aaron Freeman, who does a good job on Locked on Falcons. And he's like, look, they've been down by three scores to the Buccaneers, to the Rams, and they still run it. And depending on how the game goes, they, they could go to that power run game or they could go uh, the RPO style, but it's going to be a run heavy game plan especially this week, given the Bengals' injury issues. And, and so that's – it's tough because it's one thing to, to ramp up and get excited and get psyched up for that in the first quarter. But that does take a toll in the third quarter, mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter. And, and, and then that's when it's, it makes it tough, especially when you're short on bodies, to stop the run. So, uh, you know, it's a, a unique challenge. It's a different challenge for Luana Rumo's defense this week. And, and it's going to be interesting to see how they hold up against a, a Falcons team that – Honestly, they have to be flying high right now after beating the 49ers because I did not see that coming, and they were pretty dominant in that win. Yes, they were. Um, let's flip the script. Uh, Bengals on offense. We talked about Chase. We'll see on that. How's T. Higgins coming along? Better? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. He made it out of the, the game on Sunday, which was certainly the concern after week five when he does play and he is activated and – well, he didn't play much, right? Ten snaps, I think it was, or something in that range and couldn't return in the second half in a tight game. So he made it through without re-aggravating that ankle. And so now it's about rest and maintenance. He was limited on Wednesday. And, and so I expect him to play this week. And you just hope that he – and he's a young guy. He's 23. You hope it just heals, heals with time, and he can play through this. And, you know, I don't think he was – 100% last week by any stretch against the Saints, but he still made some plays. And, and learning to play through injury, you talk to current NFL players, former NFL players, you just you have to learn how to do that. And he's dealt with a lot of little nicks, especially this year. And we're only in week seven. 
and, and he's played through most of them. So uh, I expect he to be able to play on Sunday, and, and hopefully he'll be even closer to 100% than he was last week against the Saints. You know, I got to ask you, James, because in every sport you see this kind of thing where the player clearly wants to play, um, the organization wants the player to play, but is this thing with Higgins, especially the ankle, and look, he took a couple of huge hits to the head early in the season, had the concussion, we know that. He has missed some time in games this year. But is this a kind of injury with an ankle? And you hear the same things about a hamstring or a groin or whatever it might be. Do you think that this is a kind of thing that lingers all year long unless he just gets a week or two off? I don't necessarily think so part of that is his age you know it's not like we're talking about you know aj green present day or julio jones where if you get nicked up it's just going to take a little bit longer to heal and i think the other element of it to me is you know this coaching staff and how good they are of all right let's just sit him and they sat him last wednesday they sat him last last thursday and and he goes out there for a, a walkthrough on friday and is still able to play. And the same thing with Jonah Williams. I mean, Jonah Williams wasn't even on the injury report this week after last week and all the uncertainty with him, or at least yesterday he wasn't. So to me, that's the the element of this, is this coaching staff is going to give him the, the weekly maintenance needed to make sure he's good to go on Sunday. But, you know, that bye week after the, these next three games is, is certainly going to be important for a lot of these guys as these injuries start to pile up for the Bengals. Now, yesterday on the injury report, we noted in the uh, open that the Falcons have four defensive starters that were limited in practice yesterday. We did point out limited doesn't mean out, at least not yet. What do you suspect the game plan, whether those guys are playing or not playing, what do you suspect the game plan is offensively for the Bengals in this game, knowing what we know about Atlanta's defense? Contain. Grady Jarrett and make sure he does not wreck the game, you know, and uh, for, for those who don't know who Grady Jarrett is, he's a defensive tackle for the Falcons. Having, yeah, he's having a great player. year. He, he's the guy who sacked Brady and got called for the, the roughing the passer call late in the game a couple of weeks ago. And that obviously got a lot of attention. So just for those wondering, a Geno Atkins like player where he's not uh, he's, he's like body comparable uh, to Geno Atkins as far as size goes and, and can make that sort of impact I'm not saying he's Geno Atkins but he certainly can make that type of impact and so we saw it early in the season right you let guys like TJ Watt and, and Micah Parsons kind of wreck your offense you can't let this guy do it and, and I think Cordell Volson is going to see plenty of him Grady Jarrett moves across that defensive line and, and so why would you not put him up against the fourth round rookie uh, the good news is Alex Kappa, you know, the Bengals' right guard is used to seeing him in that NFC South. He came from the Buccaneers, so that helps. And I think this offensive line is playing better, so it's going to be a good test. But when you look at the path for this Bengals' offense to take a step backwards and struggle on Sunday, I mean, they're at home. Uh, their offensive line is playing as well as it's played. The run game is, has been efficient. They haven't ran for a, a ton of yards overall, but I think it's been more efficient in recent weeks. So they're, they're feeling pretty good about themselves. And so as, as long as you don't let Grady Jarrett wreck things, I think this offense should continue to move forward and, and should continue to score points. Um, you know, one guy along that offensive line, and, and look, I don't care what town you live in, when you bring in a guy who's a big-name guy and, uh, you know, he goes through some of the things, and, and we're, we're talking about Collins here for a second. 
you know, a lot of fans based on the first two games when they allowed 13 sacks uh, and really did not run the ball effectively in either of those two games. Everybody jumps on the bandwagon and says, we got to run this guy out of town. Um, what are your impressions on Collins? Is he, is he, like the rest of the line, getting better? He's had to deal with a back situation going all the way back to training camp, had very little contact during training camp, and when he did, it was ugly when the Rams came in. Uh, how's he playing right now? Better. Better. I think he had his best game as a Bengal on Sunday, had really uh, some really good reps against Cam Jordan, who's, who's a high-end talent. And, and certainly one of the better pass rushers in this league. And so is he where you were hoping he would be well, when they signed him back in March when people were chasing him around Kenwood Town Center? Not yet, but but he's uh, he, he's getting there. And, and I, I think that uh, just going back to the T. Higgins and, and this coaching staff being good at uh, maintaining these players and giving them the, the rest needed, he's had Wednesdays off. And, you know, he's younger than me. He's 29 years old. But guess what? Maybe that's what you need to do to get the most out of him on game day. And so if that's the case, give him those days off. And it's certainly helping. Uh, I think he's he doesn't look as, as stiff, which would make sense with the back, it, assuming it's getting better. And I think it is. And I think he's just getting more comfortable on a new team. So Lyle Collins has been much better in recent weeks. And I expect him to continue to improve. And, uh, you know, I know there's confidence there in him. And look, he took a lot of heat because there's high expectations and, and some of that heat was certainly deserved. But uh, if he continues to improve, I think people will, uh, will come around on the bodyguard as, as people call him and, and also have poked fun at since he, he nicknamed himself that. Well, I, I hope so because I think sometimes, and look, I've been guilty of it in the past. I think sometimes guys get off, uh, you know, to a bad start, and then you're ready to throw in the towel on the guy for the rest of the year. And and in the National Football League, with now 17 games, that is a mistake, uh, especially with a guy who has a track record. All right, before we let you go, and I know you're off to practice, you have any prediction, James Rapine, for this game? Falcons v Bengals on Sunday. This is a a swing game. You know, that, that's really going to tell us a lot about the Bengals and where they are as, as a team. Are they one of these middle-of-the-road teams that is going to hover around 500 for most of the season and, and you hope wins, a, like last year, and then you hope wins a couple of games in December and early January, could sneak into the playoffs? Maybe they are, or maybe they're the team that everyone, uh, you know, in Cincinnati or most people in Cincinnati thought they could be. And so if you can come back home, handle business against the Falcons, get to four and three, I think it could kind of dictate where you're going here with, with two more games ahead of the bye. So I think it's a, a big, big game. And I just, I look at this matchup and as good as the, the Falcons have played, and they've certainly impressed me and exceeded my expectations. This is a game the Bengals should win. I think they do win it. It's going to be closer than people anticipate. I, I think the Bengals open as like a six and a half point mm -hmm. favorite and the line dropped to like six or five and a half, depending on where you look. I would take those points, but I'm also taking the Bengals, 27-23. The defense isn't great. They get beat up a little bit by the run, but the offense does enough, and the Bengals get a win on Sunday. All right. James Rapine, we thank you very much for your time. Enjoy the game on Sunday, and we'll catch up with you next week. Yeah, it's nice not to be traveling this week, Tom. Home Amen. sweet home. I'll talk Amen. to you next week. Although you're going up to your old stomping ground next week. You're going to oh, be yeah. in Can't Cleveland, wait for that Ohio on, uh, on yep. Monday night football. That scene is going to be incredible, even though the Browns stink. 
they can do some things that can hurt you. And, and that's going to be a fun game next week. It is, no doubt about it. And you want to talk about rushing attacks. They might have well, the best rushing attack in the NFL. So well, well the, the when they run the ball. stop the Falcons run, then. Well, I mean, when they yeah. run the ball. Though, yeah, when right? they run the ball. I mean, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, we sit here every week, and, and I just scratch my head. I mean, I've been around Kevin Stefanski a lot of times when he was an offensive coordinator, and people may not remember, but when he was the offensive coordinator in Minnesota, Mike Zimmer, the head coach, kept wondering why in the world are we not running the ball more? And, and, and Zim started to sort of dictate. He wasn't play calling, but, but from a philosophical standpoint, uh, you know, he kept saying, hey, look, we got to run the ball more. I, I just don't understand, and I know we're branching off on Cleveland before we let you go, but I just can't understand how you can look your team in the eye week in and week out and throw the ball with Jacoby Brissett 35 times in a game and you're only running the ball 15 or 17 times in a game with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I don't get it. And it's not just Jacoby Brissett either. You know, you look at those weapons. David Njoku is a good player, and Amari Cooper is a good player, but that's about it. And, and there's not enough there uh, to, to when you look at the running backs, which is probably the best one-two running back combo in the NFL, yep. talent-wise at least, versus uh, the wide receiver. So, no, I agree with you. And I think it will be a, a run-heavy attack against this Bengals team, especially if they're without Logan Wilson and or DJ Reader. Well, first things first for Cleveland. Uh, they're taking on Baltimore this weekend, and we know about that robbery, and uh, the Bengals get them next week, but they got to worry about Atlanta. James, thank you. Have a great day. Of course. You too. James Rapine, kind enough to join us. He'll be off to the Bengals' practice. Now, we've got some dude coming up today. Where did you guys run this cat down? His nickname is Big Country. Every week, for those of you that are just joining us for the first time, you know we have Zim Hude, and he's going to be on tomorrow. We like getting the voice of the fan from these different towns and opponents of the Bengals. We've had Vach from Dallas, right? Vach Lombardi, awesome dude. Love having him on. We had um, the guy from Baltimore, really liked him a lot. Um, we've had uh, guests from uh, Kansas. Uh, where else? Kansas. Kansas, Kansas City. We've had a guest from, I'm drawing a blank. Miami. Where? Miami. Miami. Guy was really good. Um, and, and now we've got this dude who goes by the nickname Big Country. You'll understand why it's Big Country here in a minute. But but who tracked him down? What's the deal with this guy coming up? Um, I mean, just not to, like, uh, dive into our process of how we do this. It's, uh, I mean, we just look up Atlanta Falcons, what's trending with that. And we see, like, on Twitter and on YouTube – What's going on with that world? And I just happened to run across this guy, and I'm like, oh, you're going to love this guy. You're going to love this guy. My kind of guy. Your kind of guy. It is. Your kind of guy. So I just reached out to him, and you know, we actually got a hold of him this morning. We, we, we weren't for sure that we were going to do this until this morning. And I think, I think the fans will really like this guy. Um, big character, big fan of the Atlanta Falcons. I'm sure it's going to be a great interview. I'll big leave country. Big, big country. Big country. Big country. That was one of the great songs from the band. In a big country. I mean, that's a big league song, man. That, that's a good tune. Uh, maybe we ought to play that. I don't know if we're allowed to play that. <laughs> There's probably some, you know, music Copyright. rights thing we'd have to pay a bunch of money for. You know, Tom, for as much as you sing on this show, I think we should 
We should incorporate a karaoke segment. At I some have point. said oh, that I used to go should. to. There's a little joint uh, in Milford uh, called By Golly's. And it's right there on the main drag in Milford. And for years and years and years, they used to have karaoke night every Thursday night. So we had a running gag with me and about five, six, seven buddies of mine. We'd go in there on Thursday nights in the fall. Football game would be on. And we would each have to sing a song. So, you know, mine was more in the country vein. Little George Strait, you know, things like that. Sure. We had... Um, we had others <laughs> that'll go nameless that uh, that try to sing the Beach Boys. That that that's not a good one to try. Kokomo? No, it was. Um, uh, I can't remember. Little Deuce Coops. It just it, it, not a good not a good karaoke tune. But maybe we'll do that. Although if we do it, uh, we'll probably get fined and we'll be out of business. What's your go-to karaoke song, Tom? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm quite versatile. Uh, could handle uh, a lot of different things. A lot of different things. So when we come back, we're, we're going to have the big fella. Big country, he goes. You know what? Let's not even take a break. Let, let, let's just go to big country right now. Big country, welcome to Off the Bench. How are you doing? Are you in Atlanta, I assume, big country? Yes, sir. I definitely am. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. You know, I, I, I love and, and, and my family's um, roots are in the south. I, you don't have to yes sir me, but I mean, we've instilled that in our kids. My mom and dad did it with me. Yes sir, no ma'am, all that kind of thing. In fact, I just jumped my son's case the other day because he was interviewed um, at this golf tournament he was playing in and the lady asked him a question and only one of the two times did he say yes ma'am. So I had to straighten him out. All right, now, big country. Tell yes, me sir. what you do. You follow the Falcons. You, 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 you're on YouTube. You do a podcast. What do you do down there? Yes, sir. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually a former football coach. Um, uh, and you know, moving forward after I got into the whole corporate world, you know, after we moved up here to Atlanta, cause I'm originally from down near Savannah, Georgia. Here's the name low country, big low country, because I'm old country boy from the low country. So, you know, that, that's where we got the name from. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, yeah, you know, we, you know, we have a podcast, uh, YouTube channel, Big Low Country Sports. Um, and, you know, we, we talk about the Falcons, Georgia football, and just sports in general. I'm just old country boy that loves to talk about sports. All right, well, let's start. I, I'm going to get to the college thing in a minute since you brought it up. Okay. But uh, I, I want to talk about the Falcons. Uh, big country, uh, I, I don't know what you or anybody else expected down there about the Falcons this year. We know about Matt Ryan leaving, that whole kind of thing. In comes Mariota, who's really never been a guy that, that has stood out despite being a number one pick. A lot of us around here, here in Cincinnati, thought Desmond Ritter might be the starting quarterback at this point in the season. But – are you surprised the Falcons are three and three and tied for first place coming off a huge win against the Niners over the weekend? Well, to, well, first of all, I do want to thank y'all. Thank y'all, you know, Cincinnati fans for giving us Desmond Ritter because we really feel like we're in good hands for a long time moving forward. Um, so thank y'all for that. But um, as far as us being surprised, to be honest with you, we're, we're not that surprised. We knew coming into the season that it was going to be one of those cases where this Atlanta Falcons team is going to look a little different, but moving forward, you know, just because it's different, that doesn't mean that it's going to be bad. So um, to be honest with you, looking at the, the scope of our season so far, 
we feel like we should be five and one. But you no, know, that's that's a whole nother conversation. But nah, we're not surprised. You know, we you know we we think we're right, you know, right around where we uh we're supposed to be. Falcons love to run the football. I mean, that's their MO. And, 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 you know, Cordero Patterson goes down. He was off to a big-time start. What a special talent he is and has been for a long, long time. But but, but familiarize Bengal fans with, with what they're going to see, who they're going to see in that run game because that is what the Falcons, and you correct me if I'm wrong, at least so far, the Falcons' offense hangs its hat on the run game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So basically, so Cincinnati Bengal fans, first of all, I ain't got nothing but love for y'all, man. Oh, first come all, on, big country. You don't have to be kissing tail up no, here, right? I mean, your first I, time. I, I, I'm dead come dead. on. I'm come on. Come on. So, come so, on. So, so my high school, so we were the Tigers growing up. We were the Tigers. I had to come up. I had to have a second favorite football team. The Bengals obviously was the choice. You know, I, I love the Bengals. I love the, the striped helmets and everything. And for the simple fact that y'all got the whole who they chant. So y'all know our arch rivals are yeah. the Saints. And they, they say that annoying who that. So I always tell them, well, you know, y'all copy that from the Bengals. But, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, just, just so y'all have some familiarity, you know, we are going to run the ball. We, we're we're going to run the ball excessively. Um, whenever we played against the Cleveland Browns, we uh we ran the ball 15 straight times. Um, if, if that goes to show you the volume, the amount of volume that we run the ball. Marcus Mariota, very very agile quarterback. Um, you know it's one of those cases where he's going to run a lot of read option. You're probably going to see about 15 RPOs. He's going to hand the ball off 75 percent of the time. Um, we're going to run the ball. We're going to we're going to blitz a lot because. Are just to be completely honest with you, Bengals fans. A lot of like since we run three four defense, two thirds of our defensive line are undrafted free agents. So anything besides Grady, that's pretty much what you're going to get. Um, well, you know what? I I I digress. Taquan Graham, he was drafted in like the sixth round. So moving forward, it's going to be one of those cases where you're going to run the ball and we're going to blitz a lot. The question is, are we going to be able to stop Joe Burrow? Jamar Chase if he's playing, but yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of running. I wouldn't even be too worried about Kyle Pitts because he's only been getting three targets a game, so ain't ain't no need to be worried about that. Drake London, same thing. He's going to get three or four targets. Other than that, we're going to run the ball. You know, I I, I love you 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 pointing that out about running the ball uh, fifteen times in a row against. Uh, against Cleveland because it reminds me of an old story from Barry Alvarez, a legendary Wisconsin coach, when he had Ron Dane there. He had a game, the first, I think, 18 plays of the game on offense. He handed the ball off to Ron Dane, and his offensive quarter, coordinator says, all right, we're going to throw the ball here. And Barry Alvarez says, they haven't stopped us on the run. Why in the world would we throw the ball? Just keep running the ball. And obviously that's the MO for the Falcons. That offensive line must be a pretty rugged group. Well, I don't know if you've seen the clip. After we got our win against the 49ers last week, coach, you know, Arthur Smith, he's a former offensive lineman. He he played for North Carolina. And, you know, they apparently now their new celebration is they drink a whole bunch of beers after a win. What's more offensive lineman than that, Bo? <laughs> you know, <it's>, so, <laughs> so, 
you know, these guys, they're, they're, they are pretty rugged. Now, the thing is, I'm going to be completely honest with you because I'm, I'm not biased towards, uh, to, towards our, our team. We can run the ball, but our pass blocking isn't as effective. So if, if you're going to affect the game, that'll be how the Bengals affect it, by getting to us whenever we do throw the ball. I think running, I think we're taking it back to the early 90s and the 80s where we're just going to run the ball and, you know, whenever we do throw it, we just hope those three bad things don't happen. I'm pretty sure you know what those three bad things are. You better believe it. And, and But I tell you what, though, <laughs> big country, I tell you what, you know, last week, you know, you only throw it 14 times, but you complete 13 out of the 14. Uh, you can't get much more efficient than that. You, you're right. You're right. And, and I think the thing is, is that because I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't know if y'all know this or y'all Cincinnati fans heard this, but we've been calling for Desmond Ritter for a while. So I think Marcus Mario was like, hey, you know what? I might need to get this under control before I'm, watching, <laughs> before I'm coming off the bench with Mr. Tom. <laughs> so they're excited about Ritter down there. You guys really like the way he played. Oh. I know he played well most of the preseason. Uh, he, all the things he did in college. He's a great leader. He's a great kid. We were so excited uh, that he was going to a place where he might have a chance to play. But, but, but they haven't used any special packages, nothing like that for him so far, right? No, no. So, so basically the whole thing with Desmond Ritter, and, you know, Arthur Smith hasn't said this himself. Because, first of all, everybody's, you know, going crazy about the whole preseason performance and everything. But we've been watching this kid in training camp. In training camp, he is special. Like, he, he's looking like he's the real deal. But the reason why we haven't been bringing them in in, like, uh, special packages or anything like that, first of all, we don't want to mess up the flow of the offense. And second of all, you know, it, have you ever ate a hot pocket, Tom? Yes, I have. Now, we all know if you put a hot pocket in the microwave and you take it out too early, it's terrible. Yeah, terrible. Right. You don't want terrible. to take the hot pocket out too early. So you gotta go, you gotta go the hot pocket these days in these fancy air fryers. You know what I mean? You probably you know go. about that, right? Am I right or wrong? Oh, oh, you all day. I'm on top of it, like brown gravy. Oh yeah. <laughs> big country, you look like you've had a, a one of those pockets every, occasionally. I mean, big fella like yourself, every man. I mean, guy gets hungry. Am I right or wrong? Every now and then, one, maybe two. Sometimes on a, on a tough day three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to shift gears real quick um, to two things. One, the defense. You talk about the Falcons' defense blitzes a lot. Um, yes, sir. You know, the, the, the Bengals' offense has been really inconsistent. Their last game was the first time they scored 30 or more, uh, going back 11 games, including the playoffs last year, despite having, you know, all these weapons, so on and so forth. The injury report comes out yesterday for the Falcons. Four of the starters are at least, you know, listed on the injury report. Whether or not they play uh, remains to be seen. Uh, you guys worried about the Bengals' offense? Oh, of course. You know, y'all went to the Super Bowl last year. I got Joe Burrow, Cool Joe, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins, who's actually – I think it's more of a threat than Jamar Chase right now. Um, but Joe Mixon, to be completely honest with you, this defense is still cultivating. So with that being said, we're, we're running we're running the type of defense that's, that's kind of fail-safe. So we're running a lot of cover three defenses, blitzing. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, the middle of the field is going to be open. 
So if Joe Burrow's watching this, I hope he's not watching this, but the middle of the field is going to be opening because we're going to be bringing a lot of blitzes in the A and the B gaps. So because we, we just can't get to the quarterback. And we know, especially in this game, the only way to win is to get to the quarterback. Now, I don't I haven't really looked at Joe's numbers to see how often he checks down and how efficiently he checks down. But if he's a, a, a check downer, I, I just came up with that term. If he's a check downer. It's a big league term. Then <laughs> if he's a check downer, then we're going to be in trouble. It's going to be death by, death by a thousand paper cuts, huh? All right, I want to shift gears real quick, uh, big country. Do you like going by low country? What, what, what do you like better? I've been saying big country, but what, what's actually the way Man, you like it? You can call me whatever you want to call no, me. No, 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 no. I want you to tell me what do you like? Big country is fine. Big country is fine. But it's, but it's big, low country, right? Yeah, big, yeah, big low country. But All right, okay. Look, hey, why you, in the I world in it, would anybody it move from Savannah to Atlanta? <laughs> well, my wife, my wife, okay. you know, well, she's originally said. from Atlanta. It's that hello. You already, <laughs> <laughs> you already know. Ain't no, ain't no need. Don't, don't get me in trouble, son. End of don't story. As soon as you said wife, four letter word, you're dialed in. All right. Let me ask you, um, uh, on the college front, we all know about the yes, SEC sir. incredible game last week where Tennessee beats Alabama, you know, up here. Ohio State country, University of Cincinnati country, right? I mean, you know, the whole shooting match. Um, I want to ask you about Georgia a little bit, though, because, you know, they're the defending national champions. Now, you're consumed by this, and, and you're surrounded by this and all the local coverage they're going to get. But I get the feeling on a national scale that not many people are paying a lot of attention to Georgia. I, I, I know they're number one. I get that. And they're voted number one, and rightfully so. They haven't lost their defending national champ, no problem. But 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 are they going under the radar a little bit? I, I, I don't think so. I think okay. it's – First, I mean, you know, whenever you look at Alabama, everybody's always worried about Alabama because, you know, I mean, they're, they're Alabama. So and it's crazy because anytime Alabama loses, everybody celebrates like they won the national championship. But I mean, you know, just just being down here in the SEC, I mean, you know, it's one of those cases where I heard y'all talk about Game of Thrones earlier. It's one of those cases where we're all looking at each other, you know, every year think trying to figure out who's going to be sitting on the Iron Throne. So mm -hmm. so. You know, we're looking at Tennessee. Tennessee, they're not flying under the radar for us because, you know, they, they look legit. Ole Miss, all, all of these teams, you know, we, we're not we're not discrediting anybody. You know, you're, we, we know that every every game and every team that you play against has the ability to take it all the way. I mean, kind of like kind of like the Big Ten, you know. You look at Michigan's, the Ohio State's, and all those teams up there. Like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure you look at Michigan, you say those guys aren't flying under the radar, right? Well, I, I don't follow Michigan. I have nothing to do with Michigan. I don't like Michigan. <laughs> I, I like their coach. Okay. But, but, I mean, I look, I, I you know, they're going to take a tail okay, kicking okay. uh, right around Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving up in Columbus, Ohio. But, you know, it, okay. it was a point. We, we had a guy from Tennessee on the other day who covers their, their, their team for 24-7 sports. And we were asking him about the games that are coming up for Tennessee. They got to play Kentucky who's got a good, solid team. Uh, I think they easily could be undefeated. 
His, his, his feeling was that that's not a good matchup for Kentucky because Kentucky doesn't score a lot of points. They play good defense, but they don't score a lot. You take the Vanderbilt game out of the mix a little bit. The week after Kentucky, it's Tennessee v. Georgia. All the marbles, without a doubt, on the eastern side of the SEC. Can Georgia score with Tennessee? That's gonna be a tough one. I, I like I said, I'm I'm not I'm not partial. I think I, I think that could be the game Georgia loses, just for that simple fact which you're mentioning. I don't know if we'll be able to score with Tennessee. It's all about it's all about what kind of day Stetson Bennett is having that day. Um, I see that our offense is trying to evolve a little bit. We have a few running backs, but not like the running backs that we've had in the past. So we are throwing the ball a little bit more. I would say we got best. We, we got best tight ends in the country, but I don't know if we're going to be able to put up points the way that boy who's staying in them hot motels is putting up points up there in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody's running with the Buckeyes this year, big country. Nobody. Hey, I mean, you know, we, hey, we go, we going to see, you know. They, you know, you say and nobody's scoring with the Buckeyes, but you know what my daddy's telling me back in the daytime? What's that? He's telling me. You know, monkeys do fall out of trees sometimes. So I mean, you know, even though you say nobody, nobody's gonna run with them. You know, it might come, it might happen sometime this season. Uh, fair <laughs> enough. Big country, I want to thank you for your time today. Big low country, we thank you very much joining us from Atlanta. You're a good man. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much, my brother. Hey, and please. Please call me back sometime, man. I would love to come back and chill out with you for a few minutes. Well, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to have you back when we get, if you're able to do it. We'd love to have you back once we get, you know, maybe leading up to that Tennessee game, uh, you, you figure both teams are probably still undefeated. It's going to be the biggest game in college football. You know, it seems like every other week it's the biggest game in college football, but the SEC is <laughs> right in the middle of all that. If both teams stay undefeated, that'll be the biggest game. And then the next biggest game is going to be Ohio State, Michigan. And then we go off to the uh, conference championships in the college football playoff. So thank you for that offer. We'll take you up on it. God bless you, brother. Have a great day. Thank you, man. Y'all make sure y'all check me out. Big Low Country Sports on YouTube. I'm sorry, it's spelled K-U-N-T-R-Y. Didn't realize I was spelling it wrong until I graduated from college. But y'all take care, man. <laughs> y'all be easy. Hey, I got lectured on some cat named Leif Erickson yesterday, so I was humiliated not knowing who that is. So don't worry about it. I seen it. that. Uh, yeah, I seen you that. did. I seen you saw it. <laughs> yeah. did, did, did you know who Leif Erickson was? Tell the truth. Yeah. He was coming from there. Big country, come on now. What? Yeah. You didn't know Leif Erickson was coming from America? Man. See, that's that Savannah education. See, that's a Savannah education for you. Guy's on his game. Big country. Thank you, brother. Take care of yourself. All right, man. I'll take it easy. All right. Now, that's a big league guest right there. That's a big, That's the kind of guy we need on this show more often. You guys are on your game, and you got him dialed in. So, thank you for that. We're going to take a break. We got Paul Doherty. He's with us twice a week, every week, and can't wait to get his thoughts on – the Bengalis v. Falcons. And, you know, he's going to give us some tips with it with a beautiful weather weekend coming up this weekend. Uh, like me, unlike these two guys over here, Doc and I are, are what you consider outdoor men. Love getting outside, hiking, getting in tune with Mother Nature. 
real men. We're back in a moment. At United Dairy Farmers, we've perfected freshness in our family bakery, where we use only the finest ingredients, like thick, high-quality glazes on our signature donuts, before delivering them fresh from bakery to store every day. UDF, made for you. If your AC or furnace is struggling, turn to the experts at Bartels Heating and Cooling. Their certified technicians get the job done right the first time, and if you need a new unit, Bartels will give you upfront pricing with no hidden fees. Plus, Ask about Bartell's 0% interest financing for 60 months. Learn more at BartellsHeatingAndCooling.com. Bartell's Heating and Cooling, for a comfortable way of life. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, proudly sponsoring high school football with three locations in Mason, Liberty Township, and Ross, Ohio. Our 10-foot screens guarantee a great view from every seat in the house. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, the best place in Cincinnati for sports, food, and fun. Where can you turn when you're in pain? Turn where more high school, college, and pro athletes turn. Where your neighbors and weekend warriors turn. Turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and get superior care on your schedule. That's the Beacon difference. Check out our fresh arrivals at Jake Sweeney Used Cars. Over 250 used vehicles weekly. All makes, all models. From economy to luxury, Jake Sweeney, the original used car superstore. I know one thing, ain't nobody does this better than us. Facts. Welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Our good friend, Leif Erickson, by the way, um, uh, wrote in a little while ago that he'd like to see big country, big low country, join the Bengals' offensive line, that Zach Taylor should consider bringing him in uh, to run block for this team. Uh, pleasure as always. You can read his stuff, themorningline.substack.com. It's alive and well, the morning line. TheMorningLine.Substack.com. Paul Doherty, legendary sports columnist here in Cincinnati for over 30-plus years at the Cincinnati Enquirer. You've got the lid going. I mean, it's no longer a shameless plug. It's a, it's a bi-weekly <laughs> now shameless plug. Yeah, it, it's standard attire. And when we get really big time, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll get uh, one of those shirt maker people downtown to, to, to make a bunch of hats. 
Dude, I, you don't know this because you haven't been up in our studios here in, in Hamilton. We share a space with a company named Headlines, and they make all of the uniforms for virtually every high school team, doesn't matter the sport, boys, girls, whole deal, uh, for Miami of Ohio Athletics. Uh, it's a big-time operation. They must have about 12, 15 employees running around down here. They can make us anything we want. So wow. we've got to get geared up on Tuesdays and Thursdays with some TML. And then underneath it, what your, your lid, and then underneath it, we go the morning line. How's that sound? Awesome. Yeah, okay. do that. Um, I want to ask you, you and I have talked, it seems like, uh, about this Bengal season through six weeks, um, that there is uh, reaction, overreaction. Uh, fans get excited, uh, and then all of a sudden they're down in the dumps. That's the way this season has gone so far, and, and that's what it is when you're three and three. Um, what, 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 what are your thoughts about you know the, the, these past few days, the Bengals coming off of a win? Have you seen any a, a, a reactions, overreactions, any of the above? Uh, yeah, a few. <laughs> Thanks for setting me up, by the way. Um, yeah, I, that's the way the NFL works, and it, it – I don't want to say it irritates me. I, I tend to laugh at it, but every week is Armageddon. And every game is either the end of the world or the beginning of, an, of a new dynasty, depending on how your team does. Um, this week with the Bengals, we got to figure it out. We're back. Everything's great. You know, we're, we're ready to go now. We know who we are. We have an identity. Um, by the way, the word identity is, is so overworked when it comes to the NFL. I'm not going to use it anymore. We have a face. We have a status. We have something. We don't have a, an identity. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it would be. Uh, it's interesting to me how, how a team can derive all of that uh, sureness from one good half uh, against a mediocre team. Um, and, and I'm just I'm just being cantankerous, Tom. You know, I'm just being okay. kind of. That that that's kind of the way I roll. People who know. My writing over the years will know that I tend I tend to take the opposite side on a lot of stuff just because it's fun, and it's it's easy to knee jerk react and say yeah they're on a roll now um, they have a great chance to prove it this week I will say that they're playing a team that is eminently beatable uh, that is also three and three another tribute to the NFL socialism and and parody in the way that the money works in in the NFL. Um, they, they should beat this team, and, and it shouldn't be all that close, in my opinion. The, the, the Falcons can run the ball uh, and stop the run, but they can't throw the ball, and they can't stop the pass. That, that ought to play right into the Bengals' hands. Um, and if you're going to be all you think you can be this year, you got to beat Marcus Mariota at home, right? Yep. There, there, there's no doubt about it. i tell you what, though, Doc, and, 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 and it's the second time I brought up his name uh, on the program today because I've had a chance to be around him a lot, and I've learned a lot of football from the guy, and he's one of the most legendary coaches in, in college football history, and Barry Alvarez all the years took over a terrible program at Wisconsin. They win three Rose Bowls. Um, you know, and we used to talk football a lot, and their identity at Wisconsin was you know, run the ball. Um, I still look at this Bengals team, and, I mean, for the life of me, you correct me if I'm wrong, 
for the life of me, there is no way you can say, and you pick the word you want to use. I'm going to use identity because I think it's a good word. Um, there's no way you can say this team so far has an identity on offense. Well, they, they, they don't. I, I don't think the, – the funny thing is with, with all the hype in the NFL and the, and the way we get all worked up every week, um, the narrative can be changed in the NFL in any game by one play. Uh, what if Jamar Chase doesn't shake that bad tackle from, from the uh, Saints cornerback and then eludes the bad angle taken by, I think it was Tyron Matthew? What if he doesn't do that? What if he gets tackled there? The Bengals end up settling for a field goal. Dalton gets the ball back, and the Saints kick a field goal at the buzzer and, and win that game. Then what? Has all this uh, newfound identity stuff, is that all that out the window? Um, yeah, so, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think they're doing the right things. I think the play calling – uh, is coming around to the fact that, you know what, we don't always have to let the defense dictate to us what we do. We can't just sit back and say, poor, uh, woe is us. Guys are playing deep zone, soft zone, cover two, whatever you want to call it. We can't throw the ball deep. Um, to me, it's the thinking is as much as, as the, uh, the playmaking, the play on the field that matters. If you're Zach Taylor, you know, you need to make that turn from from kind of tiptoeing around what you want to do to saying we have some of the best skill position players in football. And by the way, I don't see uh, Andy Reid shying away from getting the ball to Travis Kelsey just because he's double teamed every play. Uh, let's do us. Let's do what we did last year so successfully and see how that works out. So I, I think a change in attitude is is as is as important as a, as a as a change in play on the field, if that makes any sense, which it probably perfect. doesn't. No, it, it makes perfect sense. Uh, you know, I I, I, I want to shift gears for a second because we didn't talk about it last week. Uh, and, and, and you're a guy who still loves a game of baseball, and there are many of us out there that still do. Uh, and by the way, the television ratings are way up. Now, everybody says that's because the Yankees are in it, and, and they might be right, but they're up. Um, you use the word to describe the NFL socialism. And internally, I have fought this battle in my own mind for years and years and years because I am the ultimate capitalist. That's just my belief. Everybody can have their own different beliefs. It's fine. I'm amazed how football, all these successful guys in other businesses, can all find common ground to create salary cap, uh, thus socialism to a small or to a large extent where everybody has a chance and it's created an incredible product. I had my dad on yesterday, Doc, and I had analytics people scream and yell at me for years and years when I was doing the Reds games, when I would make the comment, only the people spending money are ultimately going to play in and or win the World Series. There's always going to be an outlier. That was Kansas City. Uh, going back a number of years ago now, yeah, you've had Tampa Bay get in, you've had Cleveland get in, you've had these other teams getting in. But of the final four where we are right now in baseball, you're talking about four of the seven highest spending teams in the league. And the others outside of one made the playoffs. Uh, with all that said, I mean, 
doesn't baseball sooner or later have to find a way to have a salary cap where everybody legitimately feels like they have a chance? I, I We've been saying that forever, and we'll probably be saying it 20 years from now, Tom. I, I think the big problem with baseball, when you compare it to the NFL, is the, the local media revenues. Um, they don't split those, and nope. obviously – the big markets dominate uh, that, the, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the, the, the Cubs, uh, you know, Houston even. Um, and until you find a way to share that money, and good luck getting owners to agree to share their own local revenues, um, they're, they're going to have a tough time with, with, with coming up with, with some sort of equity, some sort of salary cap, whatever. That's why I, I delight in teams like the Guardians, and I root for teams like the Guardians, because it doesn't destroy completely the notion that every once in a while, if you do things the right way and you're smart and you're a little bit lucky, that, that you can be the guardians. Now, of course, they're, they're, not, they're still not in the game, and that's your point, and it's well taken. Um, but, but you cannot, and I've said this forever, and I think even Manfred has started to say it, um, you have to go into spring training with hope. Mm-hmm. If you are the Pirates, um, if you are to a, a somewhat lesser extent the Reds, how much hope do you have, realistic hope of, of doing anything except hoping to play 500, say, uh, in March? And without that, you lose a lot of the casual fans, a lot of the people who, who become passionate and, and want to watch your team night in and night out. You're just not you're not getting that and unless you have that hope and baseball needs to somehow provide the hope. Um, OK, before we let you get out of here, uh, I made the comment. Uh, the, the, these two guys that I sit with, both of them are as pale as it gets. Uh, they have no color. Uh, there's lots of sunshine we've had over here. Thank God for the better part of a, a month. We've really had an incredible summer. Uh, and in the morning line. Uh, you like to point out some things that maybe people ought to think about doing while the weather's still good and getting out and all that kind of thing. Um, if you're looking for a day trip and Casey's getting married and and and, and Paul's dating yeah, a woman you're, you're for a long, up. long time, what would you? Where would you go with the good weather this weekend? Did did we lose Doc? Uh-oh. I think we lost Doc. We lost him. Oh no. All See. Right. See, that's almost like God saying, I don't want these guys to leave their basements. This is just, this is just God's intervention telling us to watch football all weekend. <laughs> Pretty much. You, know that you try to get us outside, Tom. You want the millennials outside. No, you stay inside and you watch football. Is Doc back? I think he might be back. All, all right. right. Yeah. Doc, are you there? Yes, you're talking okay. about day trips. All right, day trips. <laughs> Tell us where these guys should think about getting out and, and, and leaving their basements for uh, maybe a nice Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Oh, man, just just uh, draw a circle around Cincinnati in two, two hours in any direction. It's amazing to me all the stuff that there is to do around here. I mean, we're not on the coast. Uh, we're not in a big city, um, but, but there's a bunch of stuff to do. Just get in a car and drive, you know? Um, if you like bourbon, how many places can you go to a, to a distillery and, and, have, and watch bourbon being made at the source and then buy some? Awesome. Um, any drive in any direction in the country, you drive up to Oxford, gorgeous. Um, 
drive south. You can you can drive practically to to, um, or you can drive through through uh, Lexington into Frankfurt. Um, and I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of rambling. Go go east. Go east. Well, There's yeah. Amish country an hour and a half from here. Well, they, they, there's the all kinds of stuff. That- the prettiest part of this state is, without a doubt, uh, down there, Hocking Hills near Athens, Ohio. Yeah. That That is the prettiest part of this state, without a doubt. But I got to tell you, a little bit closer ride, and Doc, I don't know if you've been up there, is Yellow Springs, the home of Dave Chappelle Many- and our governor, Mike DeWine. That is a great place to get outside and hike around a little bit. Yellow Springs is fabulous. John Bryan State Park. Um, they, they've got that hippie vibe up, a vibe yep. up there still. You might see Dave Chappelle walking around, which we have on occasion. Uh, he's a resident of Yellow Springs. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of little towns. Um, and if anybody wants to know where to go around here, uh, have, have them contact me on the morning line. I, I can give them 10 ideas in two minutes of, of where to go around here and have a great day. That doesn't oh. involve watching a football game on a beautiful day like today. <laughs> well, those guys made the comment when, when, when you went off air that that was God's way of saying that they should just stay inside and watch football all weekend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah too, too young to do that. That's, yeah. when you, that's when you get to be our age, Tom. That's what you do. You're, ex- you're exactly right, Doc. Doc, we thank you for your time. Have a great weekend, and we'll catch up next week. All right, brother, get those TML T-shirts working. Well, I'm, you know, I'm going to get on it right now. But I, I need you to send me some kind of, if you like, you know, a certain sort of style on the writing and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. uh, and that's all above my pay scale. But if there's something in particular, that's what you like right there, the look? Yeah, they're very bold to the point, you know, kind of like me. Sort okay. Of. Boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Doc, have a good day. Thanks, Tom. All right, buddy. It's going to be a great weekend, fellas. Um, You know, uh, you two guys ought to heed his advice. That is a wise man. Have have either one of you ever been to Yellow Springs? No, I have not. I have not either, but I've been to Hocking Hills many times. Yeah, that's a big league place. I like like that. That is a big league place. Right close to the, the Ohio University. But uh, seriously, Yellow Springs, you should guys should go up there. It, 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 he just said it. it. It's a hippie town. It's got a vibe unlike anywhere else in Ohio for sure uh, and many other surrounding states. Uh, you feel like you're somewhere along the coast of California minus, obviously, the ocean. But um, it's a really cool town. Dave Chappelle lives there, uh, and he's right. If you go up there and, and, and you might be walking down the street having a little lunch, you know, he's walking in and out of the hardware store. And there he is. <laughs> so um, I would highly recommend it for everybody to get out. What is uh... – Trace reminds me that is Times New Roman. Says it's a good look. Okay. Well, when Trace says something, we have to pay attention to it because he – Signs of paychecks around here, right? Yeah. I wonder if he enjoyed that segment with Big Low Country. Trace? Since he's a Georgia fan. Oh, yeah. He's a Georgia Bulldogs Well, we, fan. we've documented that, you know, here's a guy that grew up here in Hamilton. And he's a Green Bay Packers fan. He's a Georgia football fan. And he's a Kansas. University of Kansas. Could somebody explain to me, I made this mistake. 
when I was broadcasting for Fox and we had the rights to the BCS, yeah. and I had a chance to broadcast three <clears throat> national championship teams. I mean, games. Florida won it twice. Urban Meyer of the three I did, and LSU won the other. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's known in Lawrence, it is called, it's, it's the University of Kansas. Correct? Yeah. Is that right? I, I, I think so. I mean, so. is that what it's called? The reason I bring it up, and I'm going to look this up real quick right now, okay? Because, uh, well, let's see here. I just want to check this because I've always KU. wondered about this. I know they go by KU. This is what I'm getting at. Okay. okay. It is called a yeah. Public Research University, main campus, Lawrence, Kansas. University of Kansas. Yeah. Yet they go by KU. Yes. I bring up the championship game because it's the same thing in Oklahoma. It's known as the University of Oklahoma, but they go by OU. Okay, unlike Ohio University, OU makes sense. Yeah. Could somebody explain that to me? Yeah, it's a great point. I've always called them the right way both ways, but I've never thought about it like that. I have no idea. I don't know why they're like that. That's kind of a weird caveat for those two programs. I mean, the University of Kentucky goes by UK, right? University of Cincinnati goes by UC. Yeah, because I know Kentucky people have complained about that for a while with Kansas. I know that's, that's kind of a shtick. I just don't – I really – I often wonder about that because I remember Oklahoma was taking the field. And I said, here comes the University of Oklahoma. And I got producers and everybody screaming in my ear. It's OU. It's got to be Oklahoma University. No, it's not. It's the University of Oklahoma. That was the first of many mistakes that were made by uh, yours truly in that game. Um Boy, did they get their brains kicked in in that game by Florida. Oh, my God. They were car Lenny Harris, the old red. I'll never forget this as long as I live, who might be my favorite all-time person uh, that played Major League Baseball. Funny beyond description. Grew up in Miami, still lives in Miami. The game was in Miami. It was Florida against Oklahoma. And he's down on the field, and he's texting me during the game, and he's like, every time I turn around, they're wheeling some Oklahoma player off the field from just getting killed down here by the Gators. So, anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, boys, we have about 10 minutes before your main man and mine, especially you, Casey. You know who it is today at 1130. Tracy Jones. This is must-see television. It is. I have uh, something to ask Tracy about today. I'm very excited. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was a flying... Please don't tell me it's about FSB. No, no, absolutely not. No, uh, I had a... And please don't tell me it's about the brass ass. No, I'll leave those questions for Casey. <laughs> no, I had a flying experience the other day. Need, need to ask Flying experience in a plane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, we were talking about first class and stuff. I just need a little... Did were you, you end up class? in first class? Well, I didn't. See, that was the problem. Well, we can hash it out. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about that with the Tracer, who's coming up uh, at 1130. So, let's see. Uh, I know we got some college football tonight. We have an NFL game tonight, right? The Saints and the Arizona Cardinals. Yep. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is back, I think. DeAndre Hopkins is back. 
They made the trade for Robbie Anderson. I have to believe he's going to be on the field. But look, that's been, and we said it here on this program, not patting ourselves on the back, but we asked Brian Billick about this thing. One of the craziest stories in the NFL this year was that Kyler Murray contract when he signs this whopper deal. And then, I don't know who did it. I don't know how they did it. But it leaks out that there's a clause in that contract about his preparation. How much time is he spending watching film? Things like that, right? And and a clause in there that he needed to do more of it. Well, if that wasn't bad enough, um, and, and then it leaking out wasn't bad enough, everybody starts scrambling around trying to see why A, including Murray, including the general manager, including Michael Bidwell, the owner, and they have been awful. They have been. You know, what's really funny is that uh, this week is also the release of the newest Call of Duty game, which is the whole reason why they even put that clause in there is because he was playing too much video games. Wow, how about the irony there? The irony is, uh, yeah. So we'll see how he does this this Thursday night game. Um, I think last night was the official release yeah there was a fan over the summer that did a whole statistical analysis of how kyler plays on weekends where uh call of duty does has a 2xp weekend which basically tom means that you get you level up faster in the game the more that you play it and uh it just, let's just say he plays better when it's not a 2xp weekend and <laughs> the game was released last night so <laughs> i don't I don't know. I think I don't know. Uh, I don't know what kind of weekend it that, is. That uh, minus two and a half isn't looking too good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw a stat that Andy Dalton was. You know what? I'm not even going to say the stat because I don't want to say it and be wrong and not have double checked it. I'll check it in the break before Tracy. Okay. Got some things I got to look up here before I make my pick. Yeah, but I mean, is this game going to be any good again? Like another primetime game that just kind of... You know, I think this has a chance to be a pretty good game. You think so? I do. I do. I think the Saints are okay. Uh, they're not great, but I think they're okay. They're getting a few guys back that were injured last week. I think when they have all of their pieces there, that it's a formidable, on paper anyway, formidable offensive team. Um, I don't know if Lattimore is back. I didn't, I didn't go in and check on that game. Back at corner, but he's one of the best top five guys in the league. Uh, and Arizona, you know, like we said, they, they, they get Hopkins back. Uh, I don't know if Robbie Anderson has had enough time to learn the offense. Maybe they just have some designated plays that he's out there to learn, uh, whatever it might be. But he is a threat. I'm not a big fan of Robbie Anderson. I, I um, never understood why they even traded for him in the first place. When they had DeAndre coming back, they have uh, – well, they used to have Kirk. Uh, Christian Kirk, but they, they've got like Rondell Moore, they have A.J. Green, like they have all these receivers. A.J. And, Green's done. Yeah, but don't you think he's better? I love than, the guy. He's been a great player and a model citizen. I love him, but I mean, come on. Well, come on. You think he's any better than Robbie Anderson? Well, I think they're different kinds of players. You know, yeah. AJ, A.J.'s more slot guy now and catch a ball. and you know, he's I guess that, that makes sense. He used to be. Rondell like, Moore's a slot guy too, but I don't know. It just felt weird when they made the trade. It's funny how in this town we've kind of forgotten about A.J. Green. I mean, he is without a doubt the greatest receiver in the history of the Bengals franchise, statistically every way. And now all of a sudden, one guy shows up and in one year, 
he's the man. Yeah, AJ Green, I was watching the game the other, I don't know, last week or the week before, and he caught a pass, and I thought to myself, man, when was the last time I even thought about AJ Green? Yeah. Hey, what does this mean? What? Tom seems like a GTA guy. What is that? <laughs> Grant. <laughs> Game Grand of Thrones, is that what that is? What is it? No. Grand, Grand Theft Auto, the game? No doubt. You I don't play video games, but if I played it, that would be it. Be a GTA guy? No doubt. You are spot on without even knowing me, <laughs> Sir Boy Wonder 513. All right, we're going to take a break, and then, I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. Must see every Tuesday and Thursday – at 11.30 Eastern Time here on Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. And that is Tracy Jones. He's coming up next. At United Dairy Farmers, we've perfected freshness in our family bakery, where we use only the finest ingredients, like thick, high-quality glazes on our signature donuts, before delivering them fresh from bakery to store every day. UDF, made for you. If your AC or furnace is struggling, Turn to the experts at Bartels Heating and Cooling. Their certified technicians get the job done right the first time. And if you need a new unit, Bartels will give you upfront pricing with no hidden fees. Plus, ask about Bartels 0% interest financing for 60 months. Learn more at BartelsHeatingAndCooling.com. Bartels Heating and Cooling, for a comfortable way of life. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, proudly sponsoring high school football with three locations in Mason, Liberty Township, and Ross, Ohio. Our 10-foot screens guarantee a great view from every seat in the house. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, the best place in Cincinnati for sports, food, and fun. Where can you turn when you're in pain? Turn where more high school, college, and pro athletes turn. Where your neighbors and weekend warriors turn. Turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and get superior care on your schedule. That's the Beacon difference. Check out our fresh arrivals at Jake Sweeney Used Cars. Over 250 used vehicles weekly. All makes, all models. From economy to luxury, Jake Sweeney, the original used car superstore. All right, we're back on Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Sipping on his coffee as he is, um, you know, going strong on this intermittent fasting uh, is Tracy Jones, joining us from his palatial estate, much like the Trump Tower, I understand, uh, over in Bellevue, Kentucky. Are we ready for Tracy or we have something ahead of time? Oh, we got to read on Tracy. That's right, because he is actually sponsored on this show. The Tracy Jones. is it? We need a name for this. Not a Tracy Jones report. We'll give it a name. You guys think about this. But having Tracy is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. Hey, and hey, our Tom, path let me... to Bellevue, Kentucky comes here let, with Tracy Jones. You want a name for this segment? No, let me just say something about Encore just for a second, Encore Technologies. 
You know, the the CEO of that company is a guy by the name of John Burns. Yeah. John Burns is the smartest man in the city. He reminds me a lot of Elon Musk. He is a brilliant man. He's always ahead of the curve. Encore Technologies, tremendous company run by John Burns, another Elon Musk. You know what? I am in full agreement with you. Going back to John's Burns days, uh, running the whole operation there at uh, Cincinnati Bell. Yeah. And then uh, John and Larry Shakely, among others, start Encore yep. Technologies. And it's it, it's one of the most successful businesses uh, in this entire part of the country. Yes, So it we is. thank them. Do, do you want a name for this, by the way? I mean, we got to come up with something catchy. It can't, can't just be, you know, Tracy Jones is brought to you by Encore Technologies. It needs a name. What about... I said it. What about Brenneman Jones on anything? Because we like to talk about just not sports. We talk about all kinds of stuff. And what about BJ on the bench? Oh, that. No, no, that's too risky. That's there's a lot going on there. Look, you, you know what? I'll let the guys, the boys, the ham and eggers maybe come up with a name. Fellas, do you have any uh, impressions, thoughts? And, and Paul has a question for you before we get into the uh, the meat of our conversation today. Casey, do you, do you, any thoughts of a name for this? Uh, I kind of like BJ. I like Brenneman and Jones on, off the bench. I like that. Okay. I like that a lot. Okay. All right. It's a thought. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and Paul, you had a question for Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. Tracy, I need your help. <laughs> so, oh. uh, Tracy, uh, so on, on Monday or on Tuesday, actually, I was in New York for the Big East Media Day and flying back. I was flying back with one of the uh, – Xavier beat writers and we were sitting in the terminal together we were just by chance on the same flight we're sitting there having dinner and I said hey what seat are you in and he said oh actually I got promoted to first class oh and I said oh really and he said yeah I'm an American Advantage member or whatever it was he had enough miles that whenever there's an open first class seat he automatically yeah. gets promoted and I said oh I, I have somebody I need to talk to about this so I walk up to the desk and I say hey, do you guys have any open seats? They said, yeah, we have two. I said, oh, I, I said, any chance maybe you know, we're, we're, we're about to take off? Any chance I could get a, a promotion here? They said, yeah, do you want to pay for it? I said, how much is it? They rattled off a number way too far out of my price range. And I said, no, you know what? I'll just meander back on to 20A and sit against the window and just scrunch up with my 6'3 frame. And I pass my, my guy, Adam, sitting in 1A with all the leg room in the world in the first seat in the plane, walk past the curtain and meander on back to coach. It was a rough experience, Tracy, and I can appreciate now why you care so much about getting that promotion to first class. Yeah, Paul, you're a young pup, so you've got a ways to go. Let me just give you a hint. You're probably dressed in that lousy outfit you had right now with the hoodie. You look like Fetterman, the guy who's running for senator of Pennsylvania. Oh, boy, don't get me you're started. Not, yeah. Oh, Tom. You know we can always talk about politics. Well, we will know. down the road. I'm not oh, talking yes, about that guy. I, go, but go ahead. The point you're making. Yeah. It, he's got the hoodie going. Yeah, Paul. You you should just that should be your goal to sit in first class. And I'll tell you what I would do. Okay, just to help you with your ego and set your goals. Just I know you can't afford it. I know you can't afford it. But just go ahead and pay up to first class. And anytime you fly, fly first class. And that'll be a goal of yours. You'll want to make enough money to fly first class and not even worry about it. It's a goal of yours. I had a friend that did that. He flew class. He flew first class everywhere, and he couldn't afford it. 
but you know, <laughs> 10 years. And then he just kept working, working. No, Tom, I'm, I'm serious on this. I mean, it's just a goal to, to do because you want to fly first class. You don't want to sit back there. You know, you want to be in first class. You want to use the first class bathrooms. You want to use the bidet. Actually, in first class, and people don't know this, Tom, you know this. After you go to the bathroom, there's actually a guy that hands you a towel that you can wipe your hands. Remember how that is? And nobody yeah. talks about it. That's yeah. the kind of treatment you get in first class. Well, Paul, you get, you, 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 get the, you get the hand towel and on American, you know, kind of like their, um, uh, their staple that separated them a little bit in their first class. You used to get those warm peanuts in the, in, in the, in the ceramic, you know, little, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I got it. Here's what was crazy. I was flying back from Cancun and you had your choice of pasta or sea bass. So there was only one pasta left. So I, I took the pasta that they didn't eat. So here's the problem with that. Somehow the sea bass got mixed with the pasta and it smelled like fish. So, so you know how they give you the roll, Tom, too? Somehow, some way, the sea bass got mixed in with the rolls. Everything oh. smelled fishy. It was... It was really, really bad. In fact, Danae does what she does. She gets on her computer and starts a little nasty little, you know, email to American Airlines. And I'm sure it was just a screw up because the, the stewardess was great, loved her, but they screwed up on the food. Even the cheese that they give you that had a smell of fish. And Paul, let me just say, just think about what we get in first class and you can eat your little Bishop cookie. <laughs> Remember that? Isn't that what you guys still get in first class? The little cookies? Uh, the bis Well, you, I have to ask for extras. That's the best snack you can get on a plane. Well, until you, until you fly first class, you get a full meal, you get a salad, you get a dessert. It's very nice. <laughs> well, it can't be that You'll nice. Get there, you, you said the whole thing smelled like fish. Well, that was a bad, that's a true story. That was a bad experience. <laughs> All right, uh, Tracer, uh, the baseball playoffs, now the league championship series. And, and look, you know, the, the, the primary reason we have you on this show, right, is right. because you see things ahead of time because you played for five major league teams that the rest of us, we can only hope to see. You said the Padres were going to play in the National League Championship Series. In fact, you said the Padres – we're going to play in the World Series. It didn't look too good. They lose game one. They're shut out. Yesterday, they're behind 4 nothing after an inning and a half. And then what happened, Tracer? What happened? Yeah, they, the uh, Padres came back. But I, I want to go back to something that was said Tuesday. And remember, Tom, I have a memory like an elephant. And I think you predicted the uh, Guardians, or is it Guardians or Indians? We, well, I, I was corrected yeah. earlier. I said Indians and oh, somebody God. We corrected me. We don't me. want to get in trouble with that woke crowd. You know how that is, Tom. I can't no, wait until Elon do. Musk. I can't wait till Elon Musk buys, well, he's bought Twitter. I think it's supposed to, you know, be done, the deal done in two weeks. So now we can actually say things, right? Yes. Freedom of speech. Remember that? Yes. So, so what were we talking about, the playoffs? You were talking oh, yes. about how you, I predicted the Guardians would win game five. Yes. You predicted the Yankees. And guess who was right? Well, you know, Tom, stay in your lane, please. Please leave this stuff up to the baseball expert. Hey, I don't know if you saw this, and I was very disappointed. How about Juan Soto losing that ball in the sun? Yeah. And, I, you know, there's no excuse for that. 
really well, wait isn't. A minute. Just... A hold, hold on a minute now. Are, are you telling me... And look, it can happen at the most inopportune time. Nobody cares if it happens in June. I mean, they care, but they don't care like they care in October. You mean to tell me you've never, all those days growing up in sunny Southern California, you played all over the minor leagues and in the big leagues, San Francisco, a lot of day games out there, and you're playing at Old Candlestick Park. You mean to tell me you never lost a ball in the sun? Never, ever, ever. And I think it's, the reason is, is because I am from Southern California. You know, Paul, you ought to try to make it, in, in case you guys ought to try to make it to Southern California and see how the real people live. Uh, that's a great place to live. But you got to make a lot of money. Again, start off with first class. And then Those aren't real people. You had the wrong word choice there. Those are not real people. But go ahead, please. You've you never lost a ball do? in the sun. This is a true story. I used to take ball because I didn't have many friends growing up. It's hard to imagine. But I used to take a tennis ball and I'd throw it, or, or a baseball, and throw it up in the sun. And I actually had the flip downs. Do you remember yep. the flip downs? Yep. And I would do the flip downs, throw the ball in the sun. And then also what you need to do is you need to take your glove with the flip downs and shade the sun. So you not only got the flip downs, you've got the glove, and then you have to maneuver your body away from the sun so you can get a, a clean view of the ball. It's very simple. That's not the first time Soto's played right field in a day game, right, in San Diego, in Petco Park. That was a big play. And then the next guy hits a ball that almost hit the left fielder in the in the foot. <laughs> it's like, hey, you know, lay out a little bit. I mean, the Padres came back and won, but I thought that outfield play was terrible. Yeah, and uh, but, but the bottom line is, is they come back and win, and, and, and I would argue that Wheeler is actually their number one and Nola's their number two, but... Uh, you know, I mean, Nola just, just fell apart. Uh, I don't know what yeah. happened to him. And now all of a sudden, you're going into, into Philadelphia. You and I both know, Tracer, um, that, you know, it's one thing to play in sunny Southern California. It's another thing now to get down to gritty and edgy and tough and nasty Philadelphia. Tomorrow night, under the lights in Philly. That place... Ooh. That'll have an edge to it tomorrow night now. Yes, I, I played a game in Philadelphia that with the Giants. We were ahead 17-1. to 1. The Giants were beating the Phillies at Veterans Stadium. I was playing left field. And do you know how many hits I had, Tom? Three, four? Zero. No, zero. Oh, 17 you were the lone one, ranger I, in that lineup. Lone ranger. And I've got these four guys, and it starts to rain, so everybody kind of clears out. And I've got these four guys that just start to rag on me. And you know what? You have to admit, the people from the East Coast, they can do that ribbing <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yes, they can they do can. some bench jockey, right? The girls are ugly there on the East Coast. We know that. But the guys are pretty <laughs> witty. And they started hammering me and hammering me. True story. I got so frustrated. I went in and stands. I didn't hit them or anything. I just tried to scare them. Because I was frustrated. I was frustrated in my play. I was terrible with the Giants. And the guys from the bullpen, Atley Hammerker, and I think Kelly Downs came and kind of said, enough's enough, and took me back. Um, you know, it was not a moment I was proud of, but that's how bad they can get in Philadelphia. The, the jockeying back and forth, you got to be thick-skinned, and you just got to be focused in on your play. Here's the crazy story, uh, here, crazy part of that story. I saw those same guys 
in a country bar in Orange County. I saw three out of the four, not the fourth guy. Come three out of four. On. Swear to God, we were there for my uh, brother's bachelor party. I went in there, and the guys look at me, and they kind of wave me, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, go get my brother. And <laughs> brother's a cop. Go get the cops. Here it goes. <laughs> and the guy says, Tracy, you don't remember us. I says, no. And they told me we were in Philadelphia. We were the guys. You gotta be on. kidding me! It was a once in a lifetime. It's a crazy story. So I ended up talking to the guys. Ended up buying them beers. We had the best time. A lot of laughs. And 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 the guy says, "We can't believe how fast you snapped. You are really a hothead." So, <laughs> you know that, that's a great thing, really, about Philadelphia, and about New York. At least yeah. that I have found is that there's no doubt there's an edge, there, there's a toughness, there's a, a nastiness, there's an, uh, an angry. Uh, all of those words could be used to describe a lot of people that come to those games, sports. I mean, nothing is like, nothing, nothing in sports is like yeah. the upper deck of a Philadelphia Eagles football game. It, it is a once-in-a-lifetime and only a once-in-a-lifetime experience. But, but that's the thing, though, uh, Trace. At the end of the day, unlike your sunny Southern California folk, is that at the end of the day, you know, they're regular guys. And, and you ended up proving my point. You're having beers with them years later on an opposite end of the country. What I like about Philadelphia fans, New York fans, Chicago fans, they know their players from opposing teams. And if you walk out on the field, they'll say, hey, so-and-so, they know all about you. They know where you're from. And you got to appreciate, I mean, if you're going to be a real sports fan, I mean, that that's that's cool stuff. I mean, in Southern California, where I'm from, you know, they arrive in the third inning and leave in the seventh inning to beat the traffic. And that's a true story. Tom, let me, let me throw this at you because this is a feel-good story. I don't know if you, you know, Nola pitched for the Phillies, right? And his brother, Austin Nola, got a hit off him to drive in a run. Can you imagine the genetics? I mean, it's genetics, right, with that family. How proud his mom and dad must be of the two boys playing in the big leagues. Do you know what the chance of having two big leaguers playing in a championship series are? I mean, it's, it, my point is, it's all about genes, isn't it? Well, I, I think it, it, it's about genes. There's no doubt about that. But I also think, and I'm guessing here, uh, I don't know where Aaron Nola is from. Do you know off the top of your head where he's from? No, I don't. All right, let me just check. Probably Southern out. California. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You might be right. Uh, Aaron right? Nola. Okay, Aaron Nola, let's take a look. It, it, well, no, that would be grossly incorrect. He is a Louisiana guy through and through. Born and raised, oh. went to LSU, grew up in Baton Rouge. Um, his, his grandfather, sergeant at arms for the Louisiana House of Representatives. I mean, th this guy, he, he's a Louisiana guy. Anyway, point I'm making yeah. is yeah. I would bet, I, I'd bet a lot of money that, are we having issues here with the internet? No. No, we're okay. Um, I, I, I also think it's genes, but it's also probably his mom and dad. They could afford to send them to play summer ball and all that kind of thing and did that year after year after year. That doesn't guarantee they're both going to make it in the big leagues. 
But I, I think that's part of it, too. You are absolutely wrong. I cannot believe you. You know, I really respect your opinion on a lot of stuff, but you are totally off base. You really are. Here's the deal. Let me give you an example. Okay, let me let me break this down as far as how important genes are. I didn't. My no, wait a always, minute. I'm not disputing genes are a part of it. I'm not dis. But, but, but please Tom, go ahead. it's 99 percent of it. It's 99 percent of it. I don't let know about 99. You so, you, but okay. your point is what? Here we go. My uncle, Uncle Bucky, played. Didn't make it, but was signed to play pro ball. Okay, was co MVP in high school with a guy by the name of Don Drysdale. Did you ever hear that? Yeah, that it, yes, I've, I've okay. had beers with Don Drysdale. Yes. Great guy. Great uh, guy. My dad played professional baseball. He was ranked the number one player coming out of Southern California out of high school. Uh, my, Tracy Jones, I think we know my body of work, right? Number one pick in the country. My brother Terry broke Tony Gwynn's records at San Diego State, made it to AAA. My brother Heath broke a lot of uh, George Brett's record at El Segundo uh, when he was in high school, played for the Giants, and then my, my son Hunter made it to AAA with the Nationals. Very good ball player, but he got hurt a lot like his dad. The point is, it's in the genes. Look at the Alou family. They've got like 11 players, <laughs> 11 uh, people that have played, right, in the minor leagues or the big leagues. Look at the Bells. Look at the Boons. And I'll tell you what, too, and you can kind of groom your kid to be a big league player. My dad's goal was to get a major league baseball player. Even when he was in high school, Tom, true story. When he was 16 years old, he started dating my mom. And he thought, you know, first of all, he says, I got to find a woman who is strong and fast and that I can breed with to get a major league baseball player. So my dad would uh, first ask my mom out because my mom was beautiful at 16 years old. My dad purposely runs out of gas, right? Runs out of gas and has my mom, because he said he can't push the car, has my mom push the car to the gas station. To, and there we go. She was so strong that she could push a car at 15 years old to a gas station. He says, okay, now I've got the strength part. Now I need the speed. So my dad one time pulled the fire alarm, okay? He pulls the fire alarm, he's got a stopwatch. And he wants to know who's the fastest of getting out of the class. And who came in first? My mom. Right there, he knew that she was the one. That's And one. just let me add, isn't that, you don't believe that story? I do believe. I, I, I have no doubt. You never lied on this program, and why would you start now? Okay, let me ask you, Jeans. No one knows this better than you, right? Your dad is fabulous, Right? Fabulous, but he's getting, you know, here's what people don't understand. Marty retired way too early. I agree. Way too, you agree with that, right? Yeah. Because you listen to Marty back in the 70s and 80s, he sounded like me. He sounded like a mouse, right? He sounded like a, he had a terrible voice, And he, but as he got older, he became peak Marty. The yep. good thing about, and he's better looking, right? And here's well, the I don't thing, know about Tom, that part. I don't know about that. Oh, here's the thing. You're, that's good for you. Because you're going to get better, and you're going to get better looking. You're already great looking, right? You never age. You remind me of that guy, and I wrote it down, uh, Benjamin Buttons. Remember that movie? Do you remember that movie where he got I'm going to look it up right now. Benjamin yeah. Buttons. That was With a movie. Who was Pitt. in that movie? Brad Pitt. You remind me a lot. Of <laughs> yeah, I got a lot in common with Brad Pitt. 
Benjamin what? Benjamin Buttons was his name. That was the name of the character. There was something else before it. But look it up. Benjamin, the, 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 the curious case of Benjamin Button, yes. is that it? Yes. Brad Pitt. He, yes. He aged Kate, in Kate Blanchett was in that movie? Yes. Okay, I, l listen, listen, okay. There are a lot of guys out there, and, 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 you know, maybe I get dolled up, put on a little makeup, you know, all that kind of thing, you know, but, but I ain't looking like Brad Pitt. Uh, I don't know. You, 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 we don't know. You're still young. You're going to get better like your dad. It's all about the genes. And you know what? You know, I can't. I can't. The more and more you make the point, because I, I, I'm convinced our son Luke is going to be the best broadcaster of the bunch. Oh. He's already far ahead of the game. He's on yeah. his game. Uh, he's got to focus on the lacrosse season right now. But but we get through that. He, he can move on and start doing what he wants to do. Um, the Yankees and the Astros. Now, Justin Verlander stunk the joint up during the division series. But you and I both know there are guys and then there are guys. And here he comes, game one, the mighty Yankees come rolling into Houston. Guy was unbelievable. Retired the last 11, gives up one run in six innings. That's why he's Justin Verlander. He really is that good. I mean, what what did you say? Five innings, 11 strikeouts, something six, like that? Six. Yeah. I mean, he just, uh, he's one of the best pitchers of all time. Would you put him, let's just say, Tom, the top 10, maybe? I mean, he's really good. He's I mean, really he's good. good. You know, I don't know. You start getting into some of the guys, and, and you and I both know, you know, some of those older, older guys, the Christy Mathewsons of the, I mean, I never saw those guys uh -huh. pitch. You know, I mean, do I think, has he had a better career than Kurt Schilling? Probably has. Do I think he's a better pitcher than Kurt Schilling? No. And he ain't yeah, Randy but, Johnson. No, he's not the unit, but he's a very good. I'm talking about right-handed pitchers. He's right-handed pitchers. He's got, yeah, top 10. I, I think you're on to something there. Top 10. Here's the, que here's the question I would ask you. Kate Upton or Giselle, who do you think's more attractive? Because Verlander is married to Kate Upton. Did you know that? I did know that. Yeah, of course, of course you knew that. I know, no, no, because I got to tell you, I am one of the most illiterate people, uninformed people, could care less kind of people in the world about all that Hollywood and entertainment and all that sort of thing. You know, I got the music I like. I listen to that. Kids will drag into some stuff that maybe I'll listen to and be like, oh, that's not bad. But but I'm not much the, you know, people magazine kind of guy like you are. You're, you're kind of a people yeah. magazine guy, right? Well, that's because I'm from Southern California. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much, you could say I grew up in Hollywood. I mean, some of the people that grew up in Hawthorne, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of, um, Marilyn Monroe lived there. Mm. Uh, Eddie Munster uh, lived there. Uh, you ever heard of Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys? You ever heard of the Beach Boys? One of the most Hawthorne? fascinating musicians of all time. Myself. Uh, Mike Scott. You remember the great pitcher, Mike Scott? Great pitcher. Scuffed the ball, but great pitcher. <laughs> you know, see, what I like about you, you're not afraid. That's a <laughs> fact. Real... I mean, well, that's a fact. Here's, here's, I love doing this stuff. 
He didn't scuff the ball. He used a little tack in his glove. Okay. That's well, whatever he did. he did, he did it well. Because right. there was about a three-year run there where he was the most untouchable dude in baseball. I was leading off a game against the Astros, and Mike Scott was pitching. And I hit first pitch of the game, threw me a straight fastball. I hit it on top of the plate, and I beat it out. I got a hit. And I was thinking, man, that guy's got nothing. I came back the last three at-bats. I didn't touch a pitch. I had no idea. Eric Davis, that series against Nolan Ryan and Mike Scott, those two pitchers, didn't sniff a pit. He didn't foul one off. And needless to say, he didn't play that next game against Danny Darwin. But that's a whole different story. But you're exactly right. He was one of the best pitchers in the big leagues. Very underrated and unhittable. In fact, if the Yankees hit, or the Mets had gone to that seventh game or fifth game in the playoff series and Mike Scott had pitched against the, the Mets, they, Mets wouldn't have won the World Series because Mike Scott would have won that game. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so Yankees v. Astros. Astros are up one game to none, but I know you're an honest sort of a guy, and, and, and you'll lay it out there for us. Uh, before this series began, um, who, who do you pick to advance onto the World Series from the American League? Well, I, I still think of them as a National League team. It's yeah. how backwards I am. Don't they you wish they were still in the bit. National Their fans wish they were still in the National League. Yeah. I, I, I like, we talked about this on Tuesday, Dusty Baker. If he, I, I root for people who I like, yeah. and I root against you. If I have a problem with you or you do something bad to me, I will come back and nail your ass. I want, I want Casey and I want Paul to remember that, okay? If you badmouth me, I will come back and get you. Do you, do you understand that, boys? Fellas? But that's yes, not sir. the point. Does, Dusty Baker was always really good to me, and I, I never forgot that. So I'm rooting for Dusty Baker. And another manager we haven't talked about, and I'm surprised we haven't because he's really good and maybe the best manager. Well, he's a Hall of Famer. Terrible player, horrible player, Terry Francona. And you don't if you don't mention Terry Francona, think about what he's done with yep. the Indians. Yeah, we're gonna keep it with the Indians. He really is something that the way he manages personalities. That's what he's really good at. And I kid around and say about Terry Francona because I played with him. Terry was a really good player at the University of Arizona until he hurt his knees. So he, you know, I kid around and when I see him, I I joke with him. But very good manager. So I'm I root for people who I know and I like. So that's just the well, way. Well, obviously, you, you like Terry Francona a whole lot because you picked against him the other day in game five. Boy, with friends <laughs> like you who That's different. Enemies. No, that's it's different. not different. It's not different at all. You just the... got finished telling us what, a, what, a, what a, a loyal sort of whatever you are, and you picked against, which I will remind Terry Francona when I talk to him again. I don't know that when that's going to be. I'll have my dad remind Terry Francona that you picked against his team in game five. Uh, gentlemen, uh, we were thinking about ideas for this segment. I got to tell you, one of the best suggestions on here was it comes from Nathan. Nathan says, what about the Ham and Eggers report? Tracy, that any reaction me. to that? But that wouldn't include me. Yeah, but wouldn't you say the Ham and Eggers outweigh you? I mean, I'm a ham and egger, no doubt about that. And Shake so, yourself. Wait a minute. Hold and so on. are these two guys over there. Think of you it like this, Tracy. Park. Think about it like this. You're actually <laughs> reporting to the ham and eggers. 
It's not that know, you a are a Hammenager, but you are reporting to the Hammenagers around. Think about it. You like know, that. I didn't think about that case. You're right. I got to take myself down, right? Just be kind of like a, the average fan. You do. You do. <laughs> Maybe do some tailgating, right? Drink some beer, eat some chicken yeah, wings. Speak, by the way, I mean, is there any chance now uh, this week, you're right down the street, and this will be the last thing we ask you about today because I know you got to get out of here and manage that financial empire of money, uh, other people's money, um, and, and also uh, being a, you know, one of the larger, much like town properties, one of the larger landowners, and Eddie Shepard. Perfect the analogy. Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area. Um, where was I going? <laughs> You're just, hey, Tom, how many concussions have you had? Uh, I've had two. See, that's what you just blame. Every time I lose my train of thought, I just blame it on my concussions. And hey, by the way, how dare you? Don't you don't even ask me about how I'm feeling? I can you tell so already self. you're so much better. The nose rehab thing has been a huge success. <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't have a nose they... rehab. It's broke. Do you like lean against like, you know, I, I was trying to picture if there is nose rehab, like some lightweight sort of thing. You know, kind of like when you get on those machines and like when you're, you're trying to do your, your, your buttocks or your thighs, you can set it on the thing where, you know, the, you're up against these two padded things and you go out and you go back. I was thinking if it was really light and you got that nose against one of those things, you know, and started to kind of push one way and then come back and push the other way. Yeah, it's kind of like a thigh master with uh, Suzanne Summers. There, there you go. <laughs> There it if is. Suzanne Summers was, was there and that's the only place you could do nose rehab, would you go? You know, I find Suzanne Summers very attractive. But I also found Mrs. Farley attractive. Remember the red-headed fire crotch? Remember her, Mrs. Farley? <laughs> Remember her, Tom? Older lady, but she was very sexy. Marty would love her. Tell him, Marty. Fellas, anything you want to ask Tracy before we let him go? Uh, any advice, mar marital advice this week, this today, anything? You know what? I would, I'm all into maybe organizing it. I don't know if I'm going to go. I, I don't think I can go. I might even pay for it. I have some extra bucks around. This is what I would do. I would get the Chatterbox bus, get all yep. the guys in there, Tom, Marty, Brian Billick, get all of them in there. Go over to Huddles. My good friend Gary Jeff Walker is the bar guy over there, the bartender. He'll fix you up some drinks. I think it's a great night. You could walk across to the BA where they have a buffet. I don't know if you guys ever know that they have a buffet. It's pretty good. And then if you go there, I have just do this for me. I think you'll really enjoy it. There's a special dance there at the BA, the brass ass. Okay, you gotta ask for it special because they don't just do the dance normally. It's called the 29 with mayonnaise. If you could do that, give them, you know, go there, I think you'd have a great time. It's called what? It's called the 29 with mayonnaise. <laughs> I'm not even going down that road. Oh. Why not, is it called that, Trace? Not, no, oh, no, no, we're not going down there. I have no, no idea. No, no way. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Oh, no, freeze, come here. Look at one sec, freeze, freeze, one second. 
Uh-oh. Look at who I got. I love dogs. I love well, I'm, I know I'm, you I'm do. a number one dog well, guy. Oh, look at it. He loves me. Hi, Tuck. Say hi to everybody. Hi, Tuck. Oh, is he cute? Yes, he is. Yes, he He's is. He's so cute. He Next gives you more kisses, head. apparently, than you got on your trip from Diné down in Cancun. Don't doubt it. Come here. Look at him. <laughs> He's so cute. I love him. I love him. He's a Havanese, purebred. We got him from Hungary. He was only $10,000. He's really smart. He can predict earthquakes and hurricanes and all that with a special bark. Right, Doc? You go, oh, oh. right, if you feel like the earthquake is going to happen. Right, buddy? Say, is that a cute dog? It is. Look at him. He is. He's a handsome little guy. I got to admit. I got especially really? handsome next to you. Um, Tracy, we let you go. Take care of yourself. Give Danae a hug and a kiss and tuck a hug and a kiss, and we'll see you next week. Okay, see you, boys. Have a good weekend. Thank you, you too. See, the show was very boring, Tucker just said. He just yawned. <laughs> okay, Tuck. We go take go potty, right? Do we gotta go potty outside? Okay, let's go. Does it ever end? <laughs> Does it ever end? All right, uh, it's time for the Cherry on Top segment presented by our dear friends at United Dairy Farmers, a segment where, um, you know, uh, what's on tap today? Yeah, well, we have two things. One of them is a stat before we get to the Cherry on Top. Uh, This is what I was talking about before. Andy Dalton 0-11 in his last 11 road primetime games. Something to keep in mind for Is he for sure starting tonight? Uh, I would assume if this got tweeted out a few minutes ago. Okay, well, I, is, I, I, I was not looking to see I if haven't, Jameis I haven't, was back this yeah. week. Okay. Uh, but no, that is not the cherry on top. The cherry okay. on top is this, that tonight is a sports equinox. It is the Major League Baseball, MLS, NBA, NFL, NHL, will all play on the same day, first, day, first time since last year. It's only the 27th time ever that the NBA, the NHL, the NFL – uh, and the MLB have all played on the same day. All right, but, 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 but can I just ask a question here? Yeah. Okay, this can't be that rare. It just happened less than a year ago. That's number one. You yeah. say 27th time. How long has the MLS been around? 20 well, years? I, well, the, the MLS was not included in that 27th Oh, I thought, it, I thought they were That was an MLS, time. yes. The graphic included the MLS, but my the 27th stat is the four. Four primary the, the, Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that then that's saying something. Yeah. Because that goes back a long, long ways. Um, yeah. But with FC Cincinnati playing tonight at eight, we threw the had to throw them in there. We the wish them there good too. luck. We wish the... them good luck. All right, boys. Tomorrow's big day. Every Friday's pick day. We've gone through the games, figured out what games we're going to pick, um, and uh, Dan Horde's going to join us tomorrow to talk about big games over the weekend. He'll be calling both games for the UC Bearcats going down to Dallas take on SMU. Bengals here against the Saints. And so, uh, fellas, enjoy the rest of your day. Absolutely. Get outside a little. Or you could stick around and watch Not Too Picky later. True. Your show coming up at 2. 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock, Not Too Picky. You're going to have a lot of big games to pick for the weekend because you've been going south. A lot of win. I had one bad weekend. Uh, And it was last Reed had a great weekend. What have you done for Reed Mouse. That's a guy. He had a great weekend. That's a guy. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow, 10A. Thanks so much for being with us. Have a great rest of your day.